Welcome to Release International's Voice Podcast Extra. We recently heard about the tragic martyrdom of Reverend Lawan Andimi, the head of the Christian Association of Nigeria. Today, I'm speaking to release partner Reverend Hassan John, who is based in the city of Jos and works across the northeastern region of Nigeria. How does he view Reverend Andimi's death, and what does it tell us about the wider issues at stake in Nigeria? Hassan John, thank you so much for joining us at the last minute on this voice podcast. We just sort of nabbed you. You came and visited the office and now here you are. Yes. You've just touched down from Nigeria. When did you arrive to the UK? So I've been in UK two weeks now. Two weeks? Yes. And the rest of the time you're based in? Yeah, in Jos in Nigeria. So the rest of the time I've been doing, I'm, I live in Jos, uh, but I work from Jos all the way down to Maiduguri, northeastern Nigeria. Okay, so you can give us a first-hand account of what's happening That's at the right. moment in Nigeria. Um, could you tell us what do we know about the tragic death of Reverend Andimi? Uh, Andimi's death was a shock, even though somewhere at the back of our minds, um, me particularly, I didn't, it was difficult to see how Boko Haram would have released him anyway because he was high price, high priority for Boko Haram as the leader of the Christian Association of Nigeria in, in northeastern Nigeria, uh, particularly from Michika. And because also of his work, because he's been a fearless pastor who has, I think during the course of the last couple of years, has converted quite a number of um, people, Muslims particularly, even to Christ, and not mm. just sharing his faith with them. Um, so yes, I, I, I think we suspected that even if the ransom was paid, it still it would have taken God's special intervention and I, I don't know what to, to get him out of that place. I watched a video and it had the Islamic flag in the background That's right. and Reverend Andimi was facing the camera, it looked highly staged and you'd expect to see a man in that situation, perhaps cowering in the corner, yeah, afraid. That's right. But Reverend Andimi had this absolute composure, this that's unswerving right. faith. That's right. It was amazing to see that. It is. In fact, we, you know, from the history of what Boko Haram has done, especially for somebody like Reverend Andimi, I suspect that at some point they perhaps might have asked if he would want to recant his faith in Jesus Christ and, and become a Muslim because that would have been a big statement for Boko Haram. Mm. And uh, I'm very confident that he didn't want to do that because on that video, after thanking Boko Haram for having given him the kind of hospitality, whatever that means, because we've seen it in many other videos of Boko Haram when the captors say, well, they've taken care of us, they've given us all that we want, you know, as part of the propaganda. And then, of course, they asked him now to make a, I mean, to a plead to the Adamawa state government, uh, governor, uh, Fintiri, to, to pay the ransom for his release. But you see, the good thing is, at the tail end, Andimi now said, well, he knew that the situation he was in, God knew and was in charge and was in control. And the tail end, he said he hoped to be with his family, but even if that doesn't happen, he believes that um, all is well. And he just asked that uh, family and friends to just take care of his family, even if he doesn't make it. So it's, it's a powerful statement of faith. And, uh, and we just rejoice uh, as Christians in, in that regard, yeah, from what has happened. 
Yeah, I mean, when I heard, having watched that video, I think it was on a Thursday, yeah. and then on a Tuesday that he'd been That's right. executed. Yeah. I couldn't believe that that man was just five days away from yeah. that. You know, he was saying things like, don't cry for me, That's don't right. worry, don't be discouraged, That's God right. is in control. And it, it reminds me of the Coptic Egyptian Christians, and I think one was from Chad, being marched down the That's right. beach. The, the beach, yes. Yeah, yeah, in their orange jumpsuits. That's right. And a video that was intended to bring about utter fear mm -hmm. actually sort of ignites the church in yeah. a way because you see these men with such noble faith and yeah. right up until the last second, yeah. they don't recant. In fact, you see shortly after Andemir's death, that's the killing of yet another young boy uh, from Jaws, where I come from, uh, when they executed him on that video uh, and posted it online. Again, you can see the same composure, you know. I think basically what we are confident of as Christians in Northeastern Nigeria is that we know this God that we serve. Mm. And I think I want to quote um, my Archbishop Benjamin Kwashi. He always <laughs> say, you know, the gospel we have is worth living for and it's worth dying for. And we're happy to die for it, you know. So it's, you, you will see that again and again and again, whether it's with Leah Sharibu, uh, the 15-year-old girl that is still under, you know, Boko Haram captivity, or... It was with the Chibo school girls. Eventually, when some of them came back, they now asked to be baptized because having spent so many years, you thought that they would have recanted their faith. But you see it again and again and again. I think we're just so, so excited being Christians. We're so confident with the God that we serve. And we just love the Lord. Wow. Wow. I mean, that takes my breath away to hear you say that. It's almost like we're seeing the tangible presence of God in those situations? Because I don't think people could do that in their own natural strength. That's true, that's true. I think the, the God that we serve, Jesus Christ, in, in, in everything that we do, he is top priority, he is paramount in our lives. And we sincerely have, you know, our faith in Christ is unshakable. Because every day, living in North, Northern Nigeria or Northeastern Nigeria, you, 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 you see the Lord, you experience the Lord. There's nothing particularly for me that I do. Any day I go out um, and I come back that I don't go on my knees and thank God for the gift of another day. I'm just happy to be alive. You're out there and, you know, time will not permit to go through one testimony after the other of God's protection, His provision. You know, the peace and the calm we experience even in the midst of all the tragedies. You know, the joy that is in there. You need to be in in Nigerian church on Sunday, and uh, you'll, be ex you'll be amazed on how much we sing and shout and dance and just praise the Lord. We just love to just worship Him and being in His presence. There's nothing that can erase that, nothing that can replace that, and we'll not be willing to give that for anything. Wow, yeah. amazing. That's really inspired me to hear that. Could you help us understand Boko Haram a little bit more? We know that Reverend Dandimi is not the only person who's been kidnapped by them. As you've mentioned, the Chibok yeah. girls and Leah Sharibu in particular, um, and many others. What's their aim? Are they affiliated with other terrorist organizations like Al-Qaeda or ISIS, or have they got their own agenda? If you go online, I think the very first video that was ever posted by um, Boko Haram was a declaration of war on Christians. Then eventually they now started going now against schools. So it was first Christians, then schools, because they feel that schools and Christianity, especially Western education, is one and the same thing. So they decide that that is the way to go. Then they now went to bomb the United Nations building, and then it went on and on and on, and they 
now had affiliation with Al-Qaeda. But particularly at that time, Boko Haram appealed to ISIL in Syria with al-Baghdadi, um, but didn't get the response he needed at that time because al-Baghdadi had wanted al-Barnawi, who is Muhammad Yusuf's first son, to succeed his father rather than uh, Abu Bakr Shekau. So there, was, there has been a split now between the two teams. Now, Abu Bakr uh, Shekau still is doing his own campaign. He's the one now that killed Reverend Andemi. But uh, al-Barnawi is now affiliate, affiliated with uh, ISWAB, that's Islamic State in West Africa, and al-Qaeda in the Maghreb, where um, you know, the international forces are still trying to contain the growing Islamic sects that are, that are coming up in that part of the region, in the Sahel region. So it is a small thing with Niger in, within Nigeria, but it's now growing to be a major, major concern. Radical Islamic sects are building massively between three countries, Niger, uh, Niger uh, Nigeria, Mali, and the Chad region, up the way to northern Cameroon. So that's what is happening there. And it's given Christians a lot of concern um, because the governments in those areas are very weak. They are unable to contain Boko Haram and uh, and any other radical group that is there. Uh, we don't know what is going to happen in the future uh, as they expand. The Nigerian government, too, uh, in my opinion, is very weak. Has been unable to contain Boko Haram uh, for so many reasons. We could we could you know put forward, but I think whilst Reverend Andimi was being executed, um, Bahari was here talking to Boris Johnson. What would you want the UK government to say to the Nigerian government about this? What would you want them to do? What I would really love the UK government to do is to continue to insist that the taxpayers' money that is given to Nigeria to fight the insurgency must be accounted for. Uh, that's on the one part. Two, um, the Nigerian government must be able to explain why over these years, um, for whatever reason, it's not been able to contain the insurgency. We know, even in the public space in Nigeria, those that are funding either the attacks, Boko Haram or Fulani Cartel Hartsman, within the government, you know, nothing is happening. So, we, so the question, there are so many things. So I think the international community must begin to uh, look critically at what the modus operandi for the Nigerian army has been uh, and find out what essentially is going on. Or uh, the British government must stop funding the Nigerian government because the truth is the killings have not stopped. The army claims victory. Buhari had claimed victory since 2015. Four or five years down the line, people are still dying. The question is how many more need to die? before it is brought to an end. I mean, that's a really powerful note to end on, actually. Um, how many more need to die before it comes to an end? God willing, Reverend Hassan John will be returning to the UK later this year. During that visit, we'll speak to him again and discover more about his own story and the vital work that God has called him into. But in the meantime, let's commit to pray for our brothers and sisters in northern Nigeria, a place where martyrdom is not a remote concept, but a daily possibility. Thank you so much for listening to Release International's Voice Podcast Extra. 
please do subscribe through your favorite podcast app and stay connected to the voice of persecuted Christians. There are many other ways you can get involved. For more information on how you can pray and support persecuted believers across the world, please visit our website www.releaseinternational.org. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and YouTube. Remember those who are in prison as if you were in there together with them, and those who are mistreated as if you yourselves were suffering. Do not abandon them.